Amen. I'll tell you, little drummer boy, when I was a kid, I loved that song. And I, don't, I, I didn't know why, but I just loved it. Didn't even know what the words were. I just remember the ba-rum-pa-pa-pa and just the, just the cadence of it. There was just something about it. And uh, as I got older, as I became a Christ follower, uh, all of a sudden the words meant a whole lot to me. That even when I don't have anything to offer, anything, if I just offer him whatever he's given me back to him, that's all he wants. Uh, so that song still, it, it means a whole lot to me and I love it. Hey, uh, Steve mentioned that we were represented well at the Christmas parade. That's right. Take a gander at it. That is first place. I told Blake last night we were standing there and John had won a thermos and Parker had won a diffuser thing. And uh, yeah, I just ruined that, Parker. Sorry. But uh, so I told Blake, I said, we was just standing there, and uh, I said, you know, the only thing that just keeps popping in my head is, all I do is win, win, win. <laughs> For those of you that know that song, you know. But no, hey, there was a lot of work put into that float. I don't know if you guys got to see it last night. I got a few pictures up here I want to share with you. For those that didn't get to see it, there it is. Noah's Ark. MJ gave us a 27-foot trailer, so we built a 27-foot ark. Or, I'm sorry, 27 cubits. Right? There it was. It lit up in all of its glory. You see it pushing some wake. Yeah. If Paul was here, he'd be wanting to wakeboard on it. Right? Right off the front of it. There is Noah and a panda that was on the ark last night. We had several little animals. I see a monkey with a banana right there in the middle. We had some lions off to the side. It was a wonderful time. Uh, Yeah, Evan Almighty right there at the front. And you see, it must have been a little foggy. There was us accepting the award. A few little animals with us. We had a cheetah, a lion, and a panda with us. There was a crew that worked on it hard, tirelessly, all week long. The Cole family, the Goad family, some of the Davis family. We, uh, it was 10 o'clock every night this week before they went home. It was midnight Friday night before everybody kind of got out of here. So, so it was a bunch of work, but it was worth it. Uh, love that picture right there. Right? We had a great time. And listen, and the trophy's good. I think even John said something about it. He said, yeah, you know, I think uh, we need to call TLC up, and we need to start a reality show, and it's going to be Church Float Wars. <laughs> and I thought, you know, that's probably what's going to have to happen because, you know, everybody kind of stepped up their game this year, and it was a wonderful parade. Everybody had beautiful floats. All the churches, they had some wonderful floats in it. Uh, but it's kind of like once you kind of, all of a sudden, everybody starts stepping it up, and then somebody wins a trophy, well, then it's kind of on, right? And I told him, I said, hey, next year it's going to have to be, we're going to have to get some uh, animatronics. Uh, we're going to have to get some uh, digital delay display stuff, and uh, we're going to have to go all out next year. So 
finance 50% of the budget next year. <laughs> Christmas float. No, listen, here's what's great about it. Here's, here's what that is all about. Building a float. We handed out some candy canes. And here's what it's all about. It's about being in your community. It's about being a part of your community. You know, we almost, we almost just didn't do one this year. It was just, it, again, it's a lot of work, right? But could you imagine if we wouldn't have been in it last night? Everybody else showed up, and they showed up big time. And, uh, you know, you, you just you have to be part of your community. And it was wonderful that, guess what? It was that one time a year where everybody comes out to the end of the street, right? They're not hiding in their house. They're at the end of the street. They're at the end of their driveways. And guess what? We get a split second to just walk up and say Merry Christmas, right? It's that, so those little opportunities are everything, right? Do we get that? Those little opportunities are everything. If all of a sudden they see a little First Baptist thing one day and, and they go, hey, maybe that's, we need, to, we need to go back to church. Maybe we need to go to church for Christmas. Well, guess what? Maybe they see that and, and, and they come, right? And it starts relationships. That's what it's all about. Amen? Relationships. You can't, uh, you can't tell somebody about Jesus that you don't know, right? Or they're, maybe they're not going to listen to you. So next year, we've got to have four floats, so everybody's signed up right now. If you're here today, you're signed up. No, we'll have to wait till next week because a lot's over at Bethabra today. Amen? Uh, they're having their last service in, in the old church. They're going to build a new one. So we are excited for Bethabra. Amen? Uh, hey, it's, uh, we're all in this together. It's not church against church. It's church against the world. Right? We ought to be thankful that they're doing that and thankful that uh, they're going to have a new pastor coming in soon. So, hey, if you would, grab your Bible. Turn with me to John chapter 18. Here's what we're going to do today. Steve kind of set us up last week uh, that at the first of the year, we're going to go back to the gospel. and We are going to make sure that we have the gospel right Uh because, again, if we just get a part of a gospel, we have gotten a false gospel. So that's coming at the first year to make sure that we have the right gospel right. Because, listen, if, if we've only got part of the gospel and we're only living a part of what God has called us to do, then we're not living at all like God wants us to. So it's important, right? It's important to start with a good, firm foundation. That's what we're going to do at the first year. But this month, listen, what's coming up this month? Christmas. That's right. Get excited. Christmas. What happens at Christmas? Why do we even do Christmas? <laughs> at least we have one honest person here today. Right? What did he say? Jesus' birthday. I mean, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? But why? But why? Why? Why is he the reason for the season? Right? That's what we want to kind of look at. That Listen, he came for a purpose. He came as a child in a lowly manger. And there was a reason that a little drummer boy was able to go up to a poor little baby in a manger. It was on purpose. It was purposeful, and he came for a purpose. And I want us to look at that today. That he, we, we were, they were looking for a king back then. We are looking for a king today because he's coming back again. But I want us to look at 
a king that was coming for us. Amen? Let's look at John chapter 18. We're going to begin at verse 28. And listen, this is going to, as soon as I start reading this, you guys are going to go, wait a second, is this Easter? Because this is, this is the wrong story to be talking about at Christmas time. But here's what I want you to understand is this. I love movies. And I love the movies that start with the end happening, and then all of a sudden it flashes back. So this whole month, we're going to start at the end today, and we're going to flash back all this month till we get to the beginning. Okay? It's just boring to just go in chronological order, right? So listen, starting in verse 28, it says, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. And it was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they may, might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said to him, You take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. That the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to them, I find no fault in him at all. So we see right here, Jesus is standing there, and he has been delivered, and he has been brought into Pilate. And when he's brought into Pilate, they, listen, they brought him so, that, they, so that, he, they, that the Jews could get the Romans to murder him because they wanted to stay clean, right? Makes a lot of sense, right? Hey, I'm not going to murder you, but I'm going to take you to the guy that will just so that he can do it for me, and then my hands are clean. So they take Jesus in there, and, and, and it's at that point that Pilate goes, listen, what, what have you done? And all of a sudden, Jesus goes off into what? What does he start talking about? He starts talking about the kingdom. And he says, listen, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would be fighting right now. To be quite honest, if this, if this was my kingdom at the moment right now, guess what? I wouldn't even be standing before you. But it kind of is still my kingdom because I'm allowing this to happen. Right? In other scripture, it says that he laid down his life. At any moment, listen, Jesus, Son of God, as Steve said last week, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, right? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And who was the Word? Who was the Word? Jesus. Jesus, right? 
Jesus created everything. So you're telling me that the that Jesus that created everything is standing here before Pilate and it's not by his choice? It is by his own choice that he is laying down his life at this moment. And he starts talking about his kingdom. Well, listen, you don't talk about your kingdom. What is the first thing he says? Jesus, in verse 36, he says, Jesus answered, he says, my kingdom. How many of us in here have ever used that term? You guys ever talked about your own kingdom? No. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Jesus has got a kingdom. Who has kingdoms? Kings. Kings. And that's, that's also what Pilate even asked him. He says, so you're a king then. What does he say? He says, you say rightly. You're correct. I am a king. As a matter of fact, if in Revelation it says, I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. Matter of fact, I think that's written somewhere on his leg when he comes back. I don't know if it was tattooed on or what, but it says that it is written on his leg, on his thigh. Jesus. Verse 37 says, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. Now, what's odd here is, is, is listen, Jewish people have been looking for a king for a long, long time. Long time. But they're confused here. You guys remember, remember Peter, that when, when Jesus said, I must suffer and I must die. Peter jumps up and he says, that ain't happening. Jesus, what does Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. He said, listen, if you're, if you're going to want to stop me from giving my life to you, then, then you're being part of the darkness. You're not being part of my plan. You see, Jesus had the plan to, to, to come and to save us all. He's the one that came. It, it, was, it was for this reason, for him to die for you, for me. You see, but the people, they, they, they were looking for a conquering king, right? Listen, if you go to Acts, if you look at the first chapter of Acts, Right before we get to the good stuff that says that, hey, you'll be my witnesses. You know, the, Jesus is standing there. And what does his disciples say? He's already resurrected from the grave. And his disciples are standing there. And they go, Jesus. Actually, they say, Lord. They say, Lord, are you going to restore your kingdom now? You see, because they thought they were defeated when Jesus went to the cross. They thought, oh, wait a second. I thought Jesus was coming. I thought he was going to take all these Romans kick them on out of here, and and we were going to take our country back, we were going to take our freedom back, and we were going to rule. And as a matter of fact, me and a few of the other boys, we argued about who was going to be at his right hand. But all of a sudden, he went to the cross, and they thought it was over. But then they got another chance, because all of a sudden, now Jesus is back from the grave, so now they're asking him again, Jesus, now are you going to do it? Are you going to do it now? Here's what Jesus said to him. He said, listen, it's not for you to know the hour of the day. And he goes on to say a few verses later, listen, your job is not to worry about that. Your job is to be my witnesses through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's your job. 
Don't worry about the kingdom because you're already in it. In it. You're already in my kingdom. You see, what was some of the things that Jesus spoke? Have you ever looked up that, that Jesus, how did he preach the gospel? Many times it says Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. And, and you would think, wait a second, I thought Jesus was the gospel. Well, he is. What did Jesus always preach? He preached the kingdom of the gospel. He preached the, the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel of God, which was that the kingdom was at hand. The first things he said, if we look in Luke chapter 4, I believe it is, it says that that was the first thing that Jesus preached was, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen, the Pharisees caught Jesus one time and they said, hey, where's this kingdom at? Jesus said, listen, you're not going to see it. You're not going to touch it. You're not going to taste it. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God is in your midst. What they're saying, some of it, some of it says in your midst. Some other translations put it is within you. Um, what it was saying was that the rule and reign of God Almighty has already begun when Jesus came. And that rule and that kingdom began in the hearts of people. Began in your heart and mine. So when we, what, what does John 3.16 say? It says, listen, unless you are born again, will you not see the kingdom? So if you are born again, then what do you get to do? You get to see the kingdom and you become part of the kingdom. So the, the moment of salvation, you become in the kingdom. You become part of the king. You become family of the king. Right? You guys get that? We become children of the king. He watches over us. He protects us. He guides us. He gives us everything we need. See, that's what good kings did back in the day. They gave their people what they needed. Ours does the same. In this world and the next. Now, here's, here's where the people got confused, though. Because the Jewish people, even, even at the end when Jesus was walking with the men, and, and, they, and they said, you remember on the road to Emmaus, and the guy said, hey, have you not heard that Jesus was crucified today? And what did Jesus do? He kind of Jesus juked them and said, hey, what are you boys talking about? Did you not hear from Scripture that from the days of Moses, this is what was going to happen? Jesus, he was throughout all that. You guys remember that? Remember he was walking along and it was Jesus that was talking to him. And when he broke bread finally with them later that night, they realized it was Jesus. But Jesus at that moment said, listen, Jesus has been spoken about since the very beginning. His coming has been spoken about. If we look at Zechariah, you see, I want to go to Zechariah 14 first. Zechariah 14, it says this, beginning in verse 1. Now listen, this is 500 years, 500 years before the birth of Jesus. All right? Is that a long time? That's a real long time. Listen, he says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, and the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity. The remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. 
Then the Lord God will go forth and fight against those nations. And as he fights on the day of battle, and in that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain will move toward the north. Half of it will move toward the south. Then you shall flee from through that mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azale. Yes, you shall, as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come, and all the saints with you. It shall come to pass in that day that there will be no light. The lights will diminish. It shall be one day which is known to the Lord, neither day nor night. But in the evening time it shall happen that it will be light. And in that day it shall be that living waters shall flow from Jerusalem, half of them toward the eastern sea and half of them towards the western sea. In both summer and winter it shall occur, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be the Lord is one and his name is one. You see, this is what the Jewish people were reading. And they were reading that, listen, that, that Jesus was this, or the Messiah was coming and it was going to be wars and people, all nations was going to come against Jerusalem and they were going to ravish the town and they were just going to take care, they were just going to beat it down. But then it says what? Then it says the Lord's going to come. And when the Lord comes, he's going to fight for you. See, so they were looking for that conquering man, that Messiah to come. Because it was going to be bad. Mountains were going to be split and they were going to move and they were going to shake. At night it was going to be dark, but there would be light at night and probably from fires going on. It was going to be bad, but the Lord was going to fight. The Messiah was going to come, so they were looking for a conquering king, a a king of war. That's what they were looking for. See, but what they failed to realize was that they kind of had that right. They should have went back to Zechariah 9, verses 9 and 10, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim. And the horse from Jerusalem, the battle bow, shall be cut off. He shall speak peace to the nations. His dominion shall be from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. You see, they were looking for a king to come in. And they were looking for a king to give them rule back over just their little part. You see, but right here in Scripture, in Zechariah 9, Zechariah spoke to him and said, No, this king, when he comes, he is going to speak peace. To the nations, and he's going to speak peace to the nations. And it's not going to be just for Jerusalem. It's going to be from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. And it's going to be a peace. Well, let me tell you, that little lowly manger held that king. That little lowly manger held the king of Zechariah 9. So the Jewish people should have recognized that. That he grew up, and when he was standing before Pilate and did not speak a word when his accusations was come against him, is because guess what? He had just rode in lowly on a donkey the week before. That he was a humble man. He was a man that spoke peace. They should have recognized that. 
They should have recognized that just the week before that the, the prophecy of Zechariah happened, that he rode into town on that foal of a donkey. They should have recognized that, but they didn't. They were looking for the wrong king. See, they were looking for the king that we're looking for. Because let me tell you, the second time Jesus comes back, it's not going to be peaceful. Do we get that? Scripture tells us that when he comes back, he is coming back to divide. Just like the mountain going to be split, guess what? He is going to divide. He says, listen, he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to separate the wheat. He's going to separate the chaff from the wheat. He's going to separate the followers from the unfollowers. That's Zechariah 14. See, they had it right. They just didn't realize it was going to happen in two different times. But our king came lowly first. And he's going to come back as a conqueror second. And he is going to divide things. It says mother is going to be divided from father, mother from daughter, father from son. They're going to be divided. See, everybody likes to think, oh, well, Jesus come and he, and he came to, to, to reconcile her. He did the first time. He come to reconcile her, but he, he's given us how many years of a chance now? 2,000 years? We've had 2,000 years of that chance to be reconciled. Back to God. Second time he comes back, that chance is over. And then every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And that he is the king of kings and lords. That will be our king. Jesus set up a kingdom in that day. We are living in that kingdom today. If you are a believer, understand you are living in the kingdom. We are servants to the king. At a parade last night, we were servants to the king. To be quite honest, we were what 1 Corinthians 5.21 says. That we, I think it was Corinthians 5.21. A little off there. That we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. How well are you showing the world Jesus? How well are you showing the world your, your king are you being a good ambassador? Kingdom. We live in a kingdom. As guys come today, listen, that's it. I just want us to get that point today. That listen, Jesus came and he had a kingdom. We can't see it right now. We can't touch it. But we became part of a kingdom. When you become part of a kingdom, when you become a child of the king, we are to act like it, and we are to serve like it. Amen? So if you would, stand with me. And let us just take a moment. Just a moment. Evaluate how good a kid you are to the king. Those of us that have children, we know what a good kid is, right? We know when our kids are being good. How well are you being right now? If you are a son and daughter of the king, do people know it? You see, we understand representing our mom and dad here. How well are you representing our father in heaven, the king? people know it.
Father God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for sending your son to a lowly manger to become the very king that would stand before Pilate. give his life for me so that I shall live God if today if, if we are being unruly if we, if we are not following as we should I pray that in this moment that at this time that you would convict us of that God that you would, that you would move into our heart right now and begin to tell us that God, may we not walk out the back doors the same way we walked in. God, that if we are rebellious, that we stop, that we repent of that. God, if we are just apathetic to the world, that really we don't care one way or the other, God, I pray that you would convict us of that right now. God, you spoke of the lukewarm church in Revelation. You said that a lukewarm church, you'd rather just spit out of your mouth. God, if we are lukewarm followers of the king, tell us that in this moment. And God, may we, may we change, may we repent of that today, today. Amen.